as you read through the Christmas story, as you read through the events that took place, all the characters there in the biblical narrative, you'll discover that almost everybody in the biblical narrative surrounding the birth of Jesus, their lives were marked by joy. They were waiting for Jesus to be born, and their lives were filled with joy, the joy of anticipation that it was going to happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at three of those people this morning, and we're going to see how they experienced joy, and that God's going to use their experiences in our lives during this Christmas season. So you ready to go? You have your notes, pen? Let's start here. Let's start with a woman named Elizabeth. How many have heard of the woman named Elizabeth in the Bible? Okay, many have. Elizabeth was married to a man named Zechariah. And they'd been trying to have a child their whole married life, but to no avail. And now they're well advanced in years past the age of childbearing. And Zechariah happens to be a priest, and he goes into the house of the Lord to do his priestly duties, and there he has this encounter with God. And God tells him, Zechariah, you and your wife been wanting to have a child all your married life, hadn't happened, but it's going to happen. Zechariah's thinking, well, how's that going to happen? And the angel says, it is going to happen, and when it does, name him John. John, who would turn out to be John the Baptist. And so Elizabeth, advanced in years, miraculously gets pregnant, her and her husband, and she's going to have this baby she's longed for her whole life. Well, it so happens that Elizabeth has a cousin. Do you know what her name is? Mary. Mary, mother of Jesus. Well, Mary also gets miraculously pregnant but this is a miracle on steroids she gets pregnant as a virgin never having been with a man so miraculous of miraculous mary goes to visit elizabeth mary's pregnant elizabeth is pregnant and this is what takes place i'll read it to you it's in your notes luke chapter one a few days later Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth, her cousin. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored? that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary just comes into the room and says, Hi. And a baby, an, a, a pre-born baby inside of Elizabeth? Filled with joy, whoa! Elizabeth filled with joy, whoa! Just the presence of Jesus nearby, not even born yet. 
brings that kind of joy to them. They are filled with joy, not because of what has happened. Jesus hasn't been born yet, but because of what is going to happen. He is going to be born. And when he is, everything changes. You see, joy can be found in what will be, not just in what is. You can experience joy in your life Every day, no matter what you're going through, because you can always know that down the road in your life, God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above what all we can ask or think. The promise of God to every Christian is that all things are going to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. The promise that all of us have is that God is going to keep writing our story until the very end of our lives. And it might not be so good right now, might not be so joy-filled right now, and you can spend your time bummed out, or you can spend it with the joy knowing that, hey, God is still on the move. God is still working. God's not done yet. No, I don't have that job yet, but the last chapter is not written. No, this is not working out yet, but, but God promised. God is able. What if we could experience joy in our life right now? Right now. Not because of how things are, but because of what things could be in the future because the intervention of God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be an amazing life to live where you can always live with the joy of what's coming? How many saw the classic TV show, the Charlie Brown Christmas? How many have ever seen Charlie Brown Christmas? Okay, very good. You'll know then that Charlie Brown was having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit. Because of his sad little Christmas tree, which is now famous, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and because of the commercialization of the season. So his friend Linus said to him, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Well, I don't know if he's the only person who can do that. I think we can turn this season into a problem if we focus just on how things are sometimes instead of how things could be in our lives. Maybe right now you're praying and and it's tough and you're anticipating and you're going through a difficult time. But know this, the last chapter is not written yet. There's a second set of characters I want to tell you about this morning in the Christmas story who found joy. And they were the shepherds. Now, shepherds were a class of people back in the day that were not well thought of by the other folks who lived at that time. They lived out in the fields day after day watching sheep. They were smelly. They were dirty. And they were actually known to be untrustworthy people. They had a bad rep back in the day. But yet it was to them that the message of Jesus came first. 
And I read this earlier. I want to read it again, and I want to read more of the context of it. It's in your notes. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will be Bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let us go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Good news and great joy. Good news brings great joy. What's the good news? The good news is this baby is going to be born, but he's born on a mission. He's going to be born. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior, and he's born to save the world from their sin. That is good news, and that brings great joy. If you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus was the Son of God who died on a cross in your place for you, was buried, raised to life again on the third day, if you believe that message, that gospel, then your sins are forgiven. You talk about joy. Knowing that I am not going to be condemned because of all the things I have done that I knew were wrong that I did anyway. I am forgiven for all the sins I've ever committed. Jesus forgave me of the sins that I did in the past, the sins I do now. He came to get rid of sin, the penalty of it, the pollution of it. I, I used to feel so dirty. I used to feel dirty in my sin. Maybe not everybody does this, but before I became a Christian, I felt dirty. <laughs> uh, uh, there were seasons where, you know, I just, uh, I hope nobody knew what, the, what I was doing. It was just this feeling that, you know, like you need a, a, a bath, a shower. And Jesus came to give us that shower to cleanse us of that. The penalty, the pollution, and the power of sin. Before I came to know Christ, I could not stop sinning. There were sins that just controlled me that I would say, I'm not going to do that tomorrow, and I'd do it tomorrow. <laughs> I'd go to bed at night and say, Lord, Lord, forgive me, fully intending sometimes to do them tomorrow. But he came to get rid of the pollution, the power, and the penalty. That is good news, and that is a joy that you live with. Do you live with that joy? When you get up in the morning, do you have the joy in your heart? I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. If you don't, then this morning, we want to pray for you. 
We want to pray that either you'll come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you'll have the assurance of your salvation. Because without the assurance, there really is no great joy because we still are not sure if we're a Christian or not. Last, was it last week we had our small group or was it a couple? It was a couple weeks ago. Was it last week? So last week we had small group Sunday and I had the privilege of going down and watching the little kids. And I, I do that on small group Sunday while you're having your small groups. I go down with the, with the kids. But they weren't uh, real little this time. There was a sixth grade, seventh grade, uh, and a fifth grader. And so while I'm down there with them, we're having fun. And then I asked all three do you guys know for certain that you're going to go to heaven when you die? And all three said, oh, no, I hope I am. I hope I've been good enough. So I had a chance to share the good news with them, that getting to heaven has nothing to do with how good you have been. You can never be good enough but Christ was perfect, took your place, died for you, the righteous for the unrighteous. If you need that assurance today, we're going to pray for you. There's somebody else in this story who experienced joy, great joy. And that was Jesus himself, this little baby would go up to, grow up to live a life filled with joy. Though he knew from the moment he was aware of what was going on, he knew why he was here. He knew he was here to die on a cross. He knew that was waiting for him around the age of 33. So how could someone who knew that this event was waiting for them, how could they possibly live with a, a life of joy? Wouldn't you live a life of dread? Oh, uh, this, is, this is what's going to happen down the road. Not Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, there it is, the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had joy in the middle of pain, in the middle of impending death, because he knew of the eternal joy that was on the other side. Joy that was on the other side of this life. Could you show that next slide, please, Andy? The joy on the other side. I mentioned this morning the news of our brother Martin, Martin Hall, who passed away this week. And I've been spending time, Joanne and I have been spending time with Teresa, going over the funeral, what it's going to look like, and over her, you know, how she's doing, and talking about her emotions. And if you've ever had this happen where someone who's very close to you dies, your emotions are just, they're everywhere. 
You know, in one moment you're crying, next moment you're you're filled with with faith. You know that 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 it's, they're in a better place. They they went to heaven. They were a believer in Jesus, and then and one then you're relieved if they've had to suffer a long time. You're kind of relieved, but then you feel guilty that you sh you're relieved, and just your emotions are everywhere, and they're just emotions. They're they're flying all over the place. But the constant theme that Teresa is coming back to again and again, and she's going to share this at the funeral, the constant thing that God is putting on her heart is joy. Joy because where Martin is now. Joy for what's on the other side of life. Jesus had joy because he knew what was on the other side of the cross. And what was on the other side? You and me. He knew that if he would go through that, that you and I would be forgiven of our sin. And he loves you and me. And the joy he had in his heart wasn't the cross. That's no joy in that. But on the other side of it, if I go through this, on the other side of this life is a joy unspeakable and full of glory, a resurrection and then all these people that I love, they're going to be resurrected one day. They're going to be with me in heaven forever. Elizabeth and the baby in her womb celebrated because of what Jesus would do. It was the joy of anticipation. The shepherds were given good news that would bring great joy. It was the good news of sins forgiven. And Jesus endured the cross because he knew the joy that would be on the other side, on the other side of death. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, said this, Happiness is caused by things that happen around me. And the circumstances will mar it. But joy flows right on through trouble. Joy flows on through the dark. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows through all persecution and opposition. It is an unceasing fountain bubbling up in the heart. A secret spring that the world can't see and doesn't know anything about. I want to challenge you this Christmas season to find joy. You want to give a gift to Jesus? Well, he's already given one to you. He wants you to live a life of joy that would honor him. That would honor him if you lived a life filled with joy. How about coming next Sunday and going Christmas caroling? When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you went Christmas caroling? When I was a little boy, we would do this. We would go door-to-door -door Christmas caroling. Our, our United Methodist Church would. And it was such a joy. We're going and singing to these homes. We would do this thing where we'd get on a... a, a, a a trailer, a tractor trailer, had this, this uh, thing it pulled behind it with hay on it. We'd sit on that. We'd drive up and down and sing. When's the last time you sang joy to the world and shared that joy with people? Well, come next week and do it. 
In two weeks, we're going to have Christmas parties to here in church where we're going to share the joy together. And then on Christmas Eve, we're going to come and watch our kids just light up the place with uh, sharing the gospel and joy. But don't just have joy in those times. Find it every day. Find it every moment in what will be in the good news and what's on the other side. In your notes, you have four questions to meditate on. Pastor Nate and the worship team, would you please return? There are four questions for you to meditate on later on when you get home that are tied into what I spoke about today. But right now, we're going to focus on question number four. So here's what we're going to do. Get a pen if you have one, because you might want to be writing things down. But for a few minutes right now, we're going to pause. I'm going to stop preaching. We're going to hear some instrumental music. And I want you, as you sit at home here in the presence of the Holy Spirit, to focus on question number four. What does it mean for you, for you right now, for you right now with what's happening? What does it mean for you to choose joy? How would that look? How would you do that? To choose joy even when life is hard.